Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. We were talking the other day about um, how we would cover Wayne Rooney's, uh, Wayne and Colleen's wedding. Wayne and Colleen's wedding. And Andrew, we said, what would the headline be? Um, the, a couple of suggestions, wouldn't there? Uh, Wayne Wayne Go Away was my favourite. <laughs> so for the, uh, the down, downpour. Even uh, better. I can't stand the Wayne. I can't my window. stand yeah. the Wayne. <laughs> Possibly not the positive outlook that they were looking for on the spin on the, uh, on the, on the, the, the nuptials of these spud faced. Uh, Did you come back those? Did you contact your Fleet Street contacts with these? Uh... Listen, I'm wasted here. I am wasted. Here. I should sit here with wasted. Her Majesty's press. There was press. a fantastic piece by Barbara Ellen in the uh, in the Observer, which she goes through. She's defending him and saying how Couldn't cool people are to Wayne and Colleen. Oh, uh, but in doing that, she just, um, reiterates every single gag. You know, you can, <laughs> you can take your Shrek mask off now, Wayne, yes. the fancy dress ball is over. Oh, sorry, oops, you know. So she really was a cake yeah. and eat it too, which is yeah. a very yes. funny comment. But yeah, anyway, look, this is the word podcast, quite obviously, and uh, we are here discussing what possible headlines we would have applied to our coverage, <laughs> which will never happen. Should we have Wayne, been allowed should to? Should we have been allowed to? Should, should there have been a word? Wayne, clean. Exactly. Yeah. I'm Mark Ellen, and on my left here is uh, the producer, uh, Matt uh, Hall. Hello. And on right, uh, Andrew Harrison. Hello, hello. From Word. And, uh, yes, yeah, so that's one thing that's happened this week. But another, clearly, is this phenomenal controversy at the BBC about Chris Martin walking, this bit of paper, walking out of an interview. What if anyone listening actually heard it? Did any of you hear it? On, on front row? I, I, I was on the bus. I didn't hear on the it, bus. but it is, it is um, if you go to the BBC website, it is the most listened to... Man walks out of interview. Man walks out. It is a classic. Yes. <laughs> Basically, nine minutes into this pre-recorded interview for Radio Four with John Wilson, um, um, in his infinite wisdom, um, the singer of Coldplay, Chris Martin, decides he doesn't like the questions. Yeah. If I remember rightly, what actually happens is um, Wilson asks him about the new album, and says it was a morbid reflection on the band's lyrical obsession with death. I wouldn't agree with that at all, says Martin. I would say you were journally, twist, journalistically twisting me into saying something I don't really mean. That's my job, says Radio That's Ford, my like. job, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tough questions, yeah. 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 Hard to handle. But so. also, it's quite, it's quite bizarre. I mean, you know, Chris Martin, in, incredibly successful. He does have the demeanour of a slightly gawky schoolboy. I mean... He does. There's, um, 
the, the picture, the Frida Kahlo picture, Kahlo picture that the uh, that the album title is taken yes. from, is a still life of fruit, including watermelons. And John Wilson is describing this picture, and Chris Martin says, "I've always enjoyed there being melons around my work." And starts making gags no, about it. Yeah, precisely. Like oh, Finn Barson. You're kidding. Oh. Is this in this interview? Yeah. And, and, and Wilson, I suppose John Wilson didn't get up more. Well, well Wilson, yeah. said, <laughs> Wilson said, this is where he said, you're slightly, you're twisting my words. Because you're Wilson twisting my melon, man. Wilson said, that's a very sexist comment. You know, <laughs> what else do you say? And, um, and Martin says, no, it's not. You're journalistically twisting my words. It's kind of quite bizarre. It's very odd. It was also the weediest strop. From what I've heard, having not heard it, but from what I can tell, it's kind of the weediest strop out ever, isn't it? It's not the Bee Gees versus uh, Clive Anderson. It's not John Knott stomping out onto the Robin Day. Just, I don't really like these questions. I'm, I'm going to go. And then he came back. He came back. That's not as. I mean, these are the Bee Gees, one by one, they yeah. got up. You know, You're going to do it. Punch the air Punch John Wilson in the face and storm out the building. They didn't then yeah. ask the referee if they could be allowed back on the pitch. So basically, so Matt, you're saying this is the t- this is top of the iPlayer chart now for this week. Yeah, so yeah. if I storm out of this podcast now, will we go to the top of the podcast chart? Uh, we could it's try. Go, right, I'm sick of these. <laughs> I think Dave stormed out last week. Actually, twice, twice. <laughs> so I don't know if it's working for us. But you're listening so. to the Trogs tapes yeah. on Trogs uh, tapes. by the medium of podcast. But it's fantastic the idea that he's left at the end of this uh, the interview with just the drummer, Will Champion. Because, of course, he wouldn't yeah. do it. Was, in fact, it's the same with us. I mean, I've tried now for five and a half years to get an interview with Chris Martin for this magazine, which I would absolutely love. But you're not allowed to talk to Chris Martin. You have to have the rest of the group. You know, it's a bit like that old thing in the 80s. Blondie is a group. Yeah, it's not. You know what, you know. I'll be honest with you. It's not. It's Debbie Harry and a load of I don't know blokes. If we, I don't know, you know if we've done it on the podcast before, but the fan, my favourite instance of that is when Bowie put Tim Machine. Oh, absolutely. And the instruction was that you, could, you had to talk to Tim Machine. You couldn't just talk to Bowie. And then one journalist famously went into the room with Which David Bowie. Which one's Tim? No. No, <laughs> with David Bowie and three session musos. And his first question was, which one of you is the singer? <laughs> a nice one. That's very good. Fantastic. A magazine, a website, a podcast, the word. The big issue for me on our website, this week, well, there are many actually, um, fantastic uh, communications going on on threads, but one is about, someone had a theory that there is no such thing as an unattractive girl bass player. And I, when I thought about this, I thought that Andrew's writing some notes already. That's good. <laughs> I thought that I had quite a good point because I'm going to read out some girl bass players' names and you're going to react. It'd be very ungentlemanly if we all went, what a pig, wouldn't it? It would be, we're not going to do that. But okay. if you think about it, it, also the question is why, isn't it? Yeah. Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth. Yeah. Enormously attractive. Kim Deal of the Pixies. Tina Weymouth. Literally yeah, my uh, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's working, is it? Darcy Retsky of Smashing Pumpkins. I can't remember what she looks like now. She's actually. very, very beautiful. You're there we are. Yes. Gay advert. Before my time. Right. Before your time. Sorry, not a flicker. Mascara hides a multitude of Cheryl sins, I think Crow. I would say. In that but one. a bass guitar. But, yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. a difference. Cheryl Crow. She a bass guitarist? She is a bass yeah. guitarist. She's got very big hands, hasn't she? She's got enormous yeah. hands. Man's Susie hands. Quattro, who's been the, the <laughs> butt of a lot of rather unkind jokes, actually, in our caption competition we started in the magazine this month. Yeah. Yeah. Gail Ann Dorsey. How about Ginger Reese? Is it? Dorsey. Dorsey. Well, I think played with David Bowie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ginger Reese is an interesting one. She was the replacement bass player that came into the Smashing Pumpkins after Darcy left. Darcy, very, very beautiful, but sort of platinum blonde hair and very. What happened to Darcy? Left under a club? Uh, medical well, thing? no, it's the Smashing Pumpkins. I'm not allowed to talk about. Everybody, I was one of those. everybody leaves under. A, <laughs> everybody leaves everybody the Smashing leaves. Pumpkins under a club. They do. Yeah. So, so um, Billy Corgan recruits Ginger Reese for the for the last tour, and she's just stupefyingly beautiful. She's well, she's Ginger, hence the name, and very, 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 very beautiful. 
that then again we have to remember that if you're standing next to Billy Corgan out of the Smashing Pumpkins, <laughs> I'm going to look gorgeous standing next to <laughs> ten out of ten, Andrew. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that Hello, is maybe. good. Yes, I like that. Well, yeah. so, so the Smashing Pumpkins, well, they definitely win for having the most gorgeous bass players. I. A succession of I too. Exactly. Yeah. Wasn't Michelle and the Chelo bass player as well? She was rather probably. Was, yeah. she, in the, was she the? Was she a pumpkin? She no, no, no. no. Who was she? She's, Mich- she's Michelle, yeah. unpronounceable surname. Yeah. Oh, her! That's a big country. Solo artist, actually. Unpronounceable. Another unpronounceable. Melissa Aufdemar of Hull. Yeah. yeah. Surely. Yeah. Very yeah. good looking. Yeah, and now a solo artiste in her own right, Mark. I feel very. A solo, exactly. I feel very sorry about a woman called Carol Kay. Have you ever heard of Carol Kay? The Americans call the first lady of bass. Oh, yeah. Who must now, I suppose, she's born in but she would be 73 years old. Was this when bassists stood up on their end and you went Bassists, I think, stood up their end. That's right. Wyman held the neck of their guitars. Yeah. She was the bass player on Good Vibrations, Wichita Lyman, These Boots Are Made for Walking, cool. River Deep. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm saying a bit of a stunner. But look, here's the question is why, isn't it? Yeah. The question is why. Wasn't the, wasn't the bass player on Rock School a lady as well? Could have been. Yeah. And Girl School. Well, yeah, <laughs> they were all girls. I was thinking L7. The Bangles. Oh, yes, yeah, of course. Really, are we up for L7? Keep to the brief, man. For God's <laughs> sake. I know. No, there's a fantastic communication here from. Um, a Fraser Lurie. Could he be related to Hang what on. <laughs> Hang on. Fraser Lurie. On our website. It's, 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 it's a total cuteness. He says, speaking of something of an expert in the subject of all things cute, I think it's all about <laughs> scale. This is girls playing the bass. He says, the humble kitten, for instance, is much admired amongst appreciators of cuteness for its outside head, outsized head, ears and eyes in relation to the rest of its body. Austrian zoologist... Uh, Conrad Lorenz identified this as an evolutionary tool developed to ensure that parents look after their offspring. With female bass players, the outsized instrument has the same result, making the player appear smaller, more vulnerable, and more in need of paternal protection and affection. How monstrously sexist. I yeah, think I these feelings, it cool. I these think feelings it. have become confused with other emotions, such as longing and lust. <laughs> yeah, longing and lust. Okay, fair enough. But I don't, I don't think anybody looks at a female bass player and goes, ah, she needs protecting. They look at them and go, wow, look they at that. They just she's look really, cool. She's, and also, kind of fundamental to the band. You know, the bass line makes it all move and all the rest of it. And Absolutely. Also, I think also the fact is that, you know, mo- most male bass players are, let's, let's describe them, you know, fairly macho characters. You know, Peter Hook. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so actually when you see a woman doing that job, that's like, ah, fantastic. It it's, is. It stands out. It's striking. I wonder what the listeners think. Yeah, for God's sake, Send do your please communicate on this subject and any others, actually. And uh, in fact, Kate in the, in, in the office was talking about this yesterday, Kate Mossman. She was saying she, she thinks that girls playing any instruments makes them look better. And her list of instruments that she thought could be improved, which were unattractive, but wouldn't be if played by a girl, include the Jew's harp, tuba, euphonium, spoons, church organ and triangle. So he's a good player. Think Sam Spoons, not the Bonzo Dog Doodah band, Spoons player. Imagine this bit, very dull. The Spoons played by Melissa Aftermar. Suddenly a, a lot more palatable. These grunge spoons that you Grunge spoons. spoons. There's always what, been a spoon. There's certainly always been a spoons element to grunge. They're very dirty bird spoons. Anyway, <laughs> triangle, though. The triangle is not really an instrument, is it? It's more of a prop. So when you're saying a girl playing the triangle, what you really mean is there's a lovely girl standing on stage and we've got to find something for her to do. It's it not like the be. church organ. But I've always wondered why. There are no women trumpet players. Uh, the Fun Boy Three used to have a leady trumpet player. They did. They had they had a female yeah. horn and they did, section. Actually, yes. Didn't they? yes. Uh, female. But apart from that, and I always thought it was the fact that women were far too sensible to actually uh, be 
to let their cheeks distend to such an extent, yeah, like a satchel. You don't look like Dizzy, Dizzy Gillespie. Gillespie. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. a good look on a lady. Yeah. I mean, you, you stop blowing and suddenly you look like drooping. Swallowed a football yeah. with another cheek. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Start drooping like a bloodhound, as Humphrey Littleton said. The, um, when I interviewed him, talking about playing with radio. The Body Snatchers had a female sax player, of course. Obviously, yeah, well, there were quite a few man. female sax players. Yes. There was that one who used to knock around with a van. Really? For a while. Yeah. Did she, was she harmonica roadie as well? No, no, no. <laughs> and she always used to take her mouthpiece home <laughs> <laughs> at the end of a gig. Never left it on the stand. <laughs> There's a female trombonist. Did she not man in a romantic sense? Yeah, she was actually, I think, really? at one point. Yeah. Ah. The old devil. Dear me. Yeah. Well. There was a female trombonist in the 80s. I forget her name, but she used to play with the communards and um, things. Well, there was about. a whole... Yeah. Because uh, the trombone, very far from a sexy instrument. It is. Mm. It's true. Yeah, Impossible to There's nothing sexy about tromboning. The only thing the only thing unsexy, a tuba. A tuba. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got that very little presence of the tuba in rock. And this or pop. True. I mean this what's got true. it? Pigback had a tuba, that's about as far as I can imagine. The, well Bonnie Raitt had a bass player called Freebo, who used to play the tuba. Who she went out with. Freebo. Freebo, the tuba player. Yeah. He looked that like sounds, Frank that like a verb. He had enormous hair and a ridiculous moustache. Who's been freeboing the tuba? You've been freeboing the tuba. What have I told you about freeboing <laughs> the tuba? I've told you once player. a thousand times. Mm. Don't do it. The word. Now look, another great news story. George Michael. Which I don't think is great <laughs> this is a great George, news story. <laughs> George Michael is retiring from touring. That came out wrong. But I, I, I've got another theory about this. George Michael is retiring from touring. Yes. He's doing the final two, isn't he? At yeah. Wembley or whatever. After two, uh, when was years, the last two one? solid years After on the road. After two solid, gruelling years on the road. Being ferried in five to, from five-star hotel to five-star hotel in private jets and big limousines. Frightful, with people putting rose petals in his you know, washing bowl. Yeah, yeah. It must be absolutely ghastly. But he's retiring. And it's interesting, he said that he's actually going to do the occasional charity gig. Oh, afterwards. Nice of him. Oh. But that, I think, proves my theory, which is it is impossible to retire from rock and roll. If you've ever had even the faintest amount of success, and he's had an enormous amount of success, mm. can you think of anybody at all? I mean, I'm talking about on any level, any band. We're always writing pieces, aren't we? Yeah. Word about, you know, um, Cud getting back together yes. or whatever. I or saw William from Cud at the Spark Show the other night. You did? He's very, he's, was he? He's thought, he said we might be doing a little bit more, actually. That's fantastic. Yeah, so. There you are. Mm. But I mean, any, Nobody stays any retired. Group, you know, the fields of the Nephilim are probably wrong. They probably haven't split up, but... No, they haven't. There you are. What I'm saying is anybody at all, Helen and the Horns, you know, anyone who's on the John Peel... If you've yeah. been on the John Peel show, if you've ever been signed, and even groups that haven't been signed... It, well, it, it used to be quite a novelty, didn't it? We used to be able to go, hey, here's, a, here's an interesting little Anglia, such and such. Remember them from Donkey's years ago? Yeah, yeah. They've got back together again. Have you ever heard of anything so yeah. crazy and absurd? Let's do a story. What's it like to get your band back together again after a whole... You, you think you're destroying the legacy, by... And now... Yeah, exactly. And now it's easier to list the groups who haven't got back together again oh. than the groups who have got back together again. Um, and obviously there's a, there's a financial imperative for this because, you know, the legacy rock circuit and the yeah. lives and all the rest of it. And, and is know, this also because of the... Um, of the fact that all back catalogue, practically now, has been re-released? Everything is permanently so, available, yes. So that when... I don't know if Weekend have got back together, but recently I bought the, the Weekend album, and you just think, they, I bet that 
somebody there is looking at the stats, going, oh, there's a yeah. 5,000 people have bought that album. Might be worth putting the band back together. Who were Weekend? Was that Cleo? Yeah, 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 they, yeah it was I Alice, Alison Stratton. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Larry Stabbins. Listeners Absolutely. should be aware that Matt is wearing a jaunty beret. <laughs> yes, he is. He tells even more <laughs> stupid. Yeah. He's got bongos on his knees. See, I don't actually think it's, I don't think it's the record or the, or, the, or the music sales that engenders this kind of thing. I think it's simpler and more psychological than that. It's just, what else are they going to do? Yeah. If you were in a band for 10, 15 years of your life and then you stop, you know, you, th- there are so many shelves you can put up and there is, you know, there's only, there's only so yeah. much reorganising of yeah. the sock cupboard that you can do. And you, Ultimately, they, re- they remember who they are and what they do. And what about the option of going and getting a real job? Uh, well, yeah, well, who, who goes and gets a real job at the age of 35? You know, it's well, like... And then you, you, you start, look, I looked at your CV and discovered you were a bass player of card for the last, you know... Yeah, doesn't, doesn't it? Well, actually, getting back to Cud, William is a very successful comics illustrator, actually, Mark, and used to do it through. No, that's good. But so, no, I'm not knocking him because I don't blame them. But I, I actually could only think coming in this morning on the team of only two people who've actually retired, and they are John Deakey Deacon of Queen. Yes, yeah. who I think has actually—I mean—he's kind of disappeared. Yeah, what, what was he, it? He, he has disappeared. The rumor was that he never really liked being in the group in the first place. Except I'd hardly believe it. They'd be quite fond of being a member of Queen if what? you weren't in a very if responsible were, position. Yeah. Are yeah, you yeah, playing yeah. the bass? Yeah. I mean, hilarious. But what is it that has enabled the fabulously wealthy John Deakey Deacon from Queen to retire from? Rome? All right, yeah. a, the, all right. And there's a connection with the other person there uh, that I thought of, which is of course uh, Andrew Ridgely, the Ridge. Yeah. Of the mighty Wham, who I think, apart from being involved in some charitable capacity with surfers against sewage yeah. in Cornwall, where he now lives, yeah. married to a member of Banana Rama, it's good work from him actually. Uh, yeah. he, has, he has managed to resist the temptation to come back on stage. Yeah, no, did he? But also, he really it's fair to say that. Did he get much of a credit? He got, well, this he is, got a credit for a here's song called Careless Whisper, didn't he? Yeah. Which I think George Michael wrote when he was 17. Yeah, he got a bit of a kind of a, 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 a very mate's, a, mates rates thing. A little bit of a pat on the back. So tell you what, we'll split the crowd, give you half a credit for this and it is possible to live quite comfortably for the rest of your entire life on half a credit for careless with yeah. so god alive how much Even George Michael made property prices are right, who yeah. has the credits for all the others but, but the, I mean it secret- is impossible I, my theory is that there's a guy he used to be a member of a, a group that neither of you two will have ever heard of called Rare Bird who were a kind of 60s You're right there. group right <laughs> keep it that way and he runs an antique shop in Chiswick in West London where I live and there's I'm an antique prepared to bet but I know that that guy gets Together yeah. occasionally with other members of Rare Bird. It's not just cover versions. They, they, they feel the absolutely, you know, they contractually obliged to churn out a few of the old classics because you just have to. Mm. So, the, you know, you but can't give it up. It's you in your DNA. Get, getting back to Andrew originally, I think, there's, I think there's an explanation in him as well, which is quite unique to him, which is even the biggest Wham fan and even the person who feels warmest towards Andrew originally would not imagine that he's got much of a creative itch to scratch the rich. He was always one of the nice things about Ibn Wan was he was clearly just the mate along the way. Was his guitar ever plugged? Well, never plugged <laughs> this was the big issue. Probably wasn't. Did he care? No, he didn't. Actually, he was just like, yeah, this is. I'm, I'm enjoying the ride on the I'm rock, a on rock and roll roller coaster, mate. That's what I'm doing. I've he got blonde highlights. I've got blonde yeah. highlights in the swimming pool yeah. in the beef. Poor, yeah. <laughs> Poor old George is sitting there, head in hands. Oh my God, I've just got, I've decided to produce my own album at 19. The poor, oh, you know, in a couple of years' time, I'm going to have to, re- re- uh, you know, record it, listen without prejudice, volume one. All this, all you know. All the, terrible the weight of misery on, on, on <coughs> the weight of misery on George's head, and uh, you know, the Andrew Ritchie is just going, France, fancy freeze. Can I get another sea breeze, please, darling? That yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> so I think, in fairness, he's continuing life as he had Good done Mr. Michael's here town, to yeah. four. Yeah. And you know, let's be honest. Out of Wham, who would you rather be? 
George Michael, fabulously wealthy, but clearly not happy. Andrew Ridgely, surface without sewage, but married to one of an honor armor. It's absolutely fantastic. Living in Cornwall. Ticking every box. Yes. Let's be honest. Getting a, getting a heavyweight <laughs> check every every Sunday. Enormous. That's a wonderful idea, isn't it? You know, how often does that arrive? Is it once a month? Do you think? Once every six months? A massive brown manila envelope. Yeah. Just probably in cash. A great charity of cash. It takes three people Mr. Ridgely, to carry yes. your checks. Presented to Mr. Ridgely yeah. for his supposed contributions yeah. to a song called Careless Whisper. Brought in by Captain In recognition of another gazillion he, uh, sales. He's the only person that, the only person <laughs> in the world who doesn't, you know, when he hears, it doesn't go, oh God, not that again. He's thinking, that's a ching. I'm going to have another supper on Sunday. Does anybody else, has anybody else stayed retired from rock, though? Who else has vanished from the face of the earth? You know, I, do, I can remember when Ian Matthews of Matthews Southern Comfort uh, retired. Again, this will be nothing to work with you two, please. <laughs> and I can remember he retired. Well, he hadn't really retired. He'd gone to the music business as the head of A&R at Geffen Records or whatever. But then I go to WOMED. Well, not WOMED. What's it? Crop Reedy, the Fairport Conventions Festival last yes. year. Who's first on? It's only Ian Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Woodstock by Joni Mitchell. With, you know, so he hasn't retired. The point is you cannot give up. If you're, and I'm not surprised. If you're a musician who's retired... Get in touch. Get in touch. The Jeremy Kyle like. Show would like to hear from you. Get in touch. Oh, how to stop another? How a devoto? Or has he ever been back on stage? Uh, he probably has. How a devoto works in a library, doesn't he? Actually, you know That's what? Quite a lot of uh, American artists do retire properly, isn't it? Do what they? Of, what if Oscar is a chef now or something? Yeah. Grant, um, is it Grant Hart? Yes. Yeah. Uh, or the other one. The one with the no, yeah, no, that's the other one. It's the, it's the base, it was the base player. It was the base player. <laughs> it was an attractive base player, player. <laughs> yes. And, God, what's that bizarre tale about somebody who's become an expert in ballistic missiles or something? Oh, what's yeah, that? that's, um, that's the, oh, God, what's his name? It's the slide guitarist for um, Skunk Baxter. Jeff Skunk Baxter. Jeff Skunk Baxter is now an expert ICBM. on... ICBM. ICBM, <laughs> yes. There was this wonderful thing we've got in the current issue of Word, actually, about how to vote. I'm just looking it up here. Um, somebody has revealed... That the opening he'd nicked the the opening oh, yeah, line. Yeah. Did you read it? From, is it it's so good. Yeah, yeah, I never knew this. From, a song from a under, song the, floorboards, from under yeah. the floorboards, which I absolutely adore. And he had nicked the first line wholesale from Dostoevsky's Notes from the Underground. In fact, the opening line, "I'm angry, I'm ill, and I'm as ugly as sin," is nicked, depending on which translation you read, almost word for word from Notes from the Underground, which opens thus: "I am a sick man. I'm a spiteful man. I'm an unattractive man." Well, I think it's that, not really see, nicked, is it? That's it's broadly no, inspired. No, no it's inspired. But, but as the guy says, as the as the writer of that letter says, depending on which translation you read, I think that's uh, the, that's the quite trick. good. Yes. It's quite a trick. But I mean, you got to, if you get a nick something to nick from Dostoevsky, I think he's, he's uh, I think that's very creditable actually. High brow, isn't it? Yes, definitely. To be encouraged. Hats off to devotion. The word, a magazine, a website, a podcast, a way of life. There's another thing on the website about. Uh, rock and roll books, which is a fantastic thread. Um, people just revisiting old um, books about uh, rock music and autobiographies that they've liked, which I thought might be worth thinking about. Giles Smith's Lost in Music uh -huh. gets a mention. You ever read that? I haven't actually. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh -huh. I recommend it. I only read books about Walmark, you know. Oh, no, you do. Yeah, no. <laughs> Andrew is at the moment compiling a, a, a fabulous uh, feature for our, our next issue about things to read on the beach. We have this theory, right, that I'm sure you'll subscribe to this, Matt, 
that when you're on holiday and you're lying on a beach and you're covering yourself with, you know, factor 90 in my case, and thinking about whether you're going to start with le potage or le assiette de fruit de mer, right? And life just can't get any better. And suddenly, you know, your wife's just bought you a third in succession of very cold beers. And you're thinking you might just roll into the water and have a little splash about. There's nothing better than a great brick-like book about the sufferings of the Red Army. You human, know? human misery, <laughs> yeah. To make you feel... To make you feel truly grateful that truly you are where you are. Truly grateful you're not in the Red Army. Let's, let's, That's be glad the point. It's, let's be glad it's Sardinia and not, say, yeah. Stalingrad in 1942, for instance. <laughs> exactly. You know, let's, let's be glad that you when are... When you'd be thinking, rat again? Yeah. <laughs> let's be glad that you're on a beach lounger in Corsica and not, for instance, on the raft of the Medusa, <laughs> contemplating eating your companion. There's a book that's just come out about the raft. It's going to be in the thing, yeah. It's called Excellent. The Medusa, The Shipwreck, The Scandal, The Masterpiece. Really yeah. good. Fantastic. There? Well, rock There's books. a book about it. Oh, yeah. Back to that, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Have they got new information about this? They've got, well, it's very Have they got some unseen photographs? Unseen photos of the Raptor <laughs> Medusa. Yeah, amazing. Unseen paintings. Yeah. It's uh, I hope we're doing a comparison with the work of Shane McGowan. Uh, well, <laughs> there's no mention of it in the book. This is considered, this is considered to be a mere footnote. Right, in the, okay. uh, but no, but rock give books. Give us some rock books. Yeah, we can't get away in the magazine when it comes out. Essence of the feature, absolutely. Giles Smith's book I cannot recommend enough. It's just about being in a failed band uh-huh. called The Cleaners from Venus. And it's still um, available. Giles writes for us very amusingly. He wrote a couple of columns for us recently. Uh-huh. And it's absolutely wonderful. Anyone's experience of being in a kind of loser rock band, trudging from town to town, getting absolutely nowhere. It is the, it is the most hilarious and kind of sensitive and kind of shrugging Self-deprecating version of that. He accepts it, although I'm not sure actually if the other guy in the group, who's still a musician, again, not my theory, and does cartoons, I think, for the Independent. Oh, the sound of Young Islington. There it is. Somebody wrote in the other day. Fantastic. Yeah, it's it's Richard Selfridge. Oh yeah, go on. um, Who said that the. uh, That sound which you just heard is uh, known around his house as the Geordie Salute. Oh, I. Because it... No, why I? Oh, why I? <laughs> the sound of young Islington. Oh, why I? Which I think is fantastic. Was right? it him that said we should have that turned into a T-shirt? It was so nice. Yes. Yeah. The sound of young Islington should be a, a slogan <laughs> on, on yes. a word T-shirt. With that quotes, is such a complicated in-joke, isn't it? Quotes around the young... The terrible yes. felons of N1 being well, apprehended. Well, you were just saying about, you know, Charles Smith's book about the, the misery of being in, in this kind of doomed band that's kind of getting nowhere. It reminded me, actually, when you were talking about it, of, of uh, the, the Nico book, Songs They Never Play on the Radio, which is a different sort of take on it because this is the fag end of the career. This is when nothing's happening. Um, it was a, it won an award a few years ago, didn't it? It's about that's 10, 15 years old. Songs that never play on the radio, absolutely amazing. It's the, the tale of what happens when you're in the touring band with the star whose time is well and truly gone. It, the star being who? Nico. Nico. Oh, yes, right, Nico. Right. And it's just incredibly sad. And who wrote it? Quite moving. God, I can't remember James, somebody or other. So he's in her band. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just a it's a brilliant brilliant read. Um, just because it's that moment in a group's life that nobody ever bothers to write about. We're all familiar with reading about the thrills and excitements of the way up to the top. And we're all yeah. used to reading about what it's like at the top and how disillusioning it is. And yeah, yeah. you've got to reinvent yourself and the rest of it. Nobody ever bothers to write about, you know, it's, it's all over, it's the diminuendo. But also and that actually is much more fascinating because you learn far more about people that way. And I think the thing is with, with rock books is that most of them are so dull because most of yeah. them are written by people who are fans, for people who are fans. And so you never really get a real kind of incisive description and, and uh, idea of what they're writing about. But yeah. when one does come around that is 
done with proper rigour. It's yes. so fantastic. Yeah. It does kind of stand well, most out. Rock, most rock works tend to be written by musicians, don't they? Yeah. Um, musicians or, are generally rubbish. Yeah. yeah. Um, but actually, one that isn't is the Eels book, is um, Things the Grandchildren Ought to Know by Mark from the Eels, which is basically just, here's my autobiography. Who had a very complicated... His life. ...and fairly miserable. He would almost qualify, actually, as a, as, a, as a book that could be read on a beach, I think, on a summer holiday. Well, it's, very, it's, yeah. that amount of suffering. But it's, it's you know, because basically everybody dies on him, and he's left utterly alone with no family at all in the world. Everybody dies in just horrible, horrible ways. But it's actually, in a, in a weird way, quite a funny book. He has an incredibly <laughs> wry, bleak sense of humour about this. How does he manage to make this funny? Because... He's just a fatalistic guy, and anybody who's familiar with his music knows that he yeah. doesn't treat this stuff lightly. You know, the, his sister endures a period of prolonged mental illness and drug addiction and then kills herself. And he doesn't go at it for the laughs, but he can certainly see, you know, it's, I mean, it, there's those... He's looking on the funny side. Incredibly moving stuff, <laughs> but there is, a, you know, that right sense of humour that gets people through miserable times is in there in, in spades, and I would, I would heart, heartily recommend that. It's fantastic. There's a, one I dug out this morning, which is, I don't know if it's still in print, I hope so, called The Big Wheel by Bruce Thomas. Have either of you guys ever read this? I haven't. Mark's it copy, is, by the way, is, is annotated, much as it... Uh, as if oh, all my books are. Yes. I write in the, in the, in the, uh, in the little notes at the margin, ma- mainly trying to memorise phrases and pass them off as my own. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. It is so fantastic. He has this one thing he never mentions at any point. Bruce Thomas, of course, was the bass player of Elvis Costello, yeah, yeah. Costello's Attractions, and he never mentions what the group is. They are described either as the keyboard player, the singer, the bassist, and the drummer, <laughs> or they're described as the crow of kitsch, who is Elvis, the buzzard of the beat, who is Pete Thomas, the macaw of the macabre, who is Steve <laughs> Naive, the keyboard player, or the owl of art, who is himself. And I think, actually, Bruce Thomas does that thing that Charlie Watts does in the Stones book, where he tries to pretend he's not really part of the action. He's always yeah. read, I retired to my hotel room with my sketching book and wrote some poems yeah. and uh, knocked off a couple of postcards to Mater, living in Portsmouth. <laughs> I don't think this is true, and while the others disported themselves in a frightful manner, I met Bruce Thomas, and I think he'd had his fair share of large gin and tonics and bad behaviour, but there's absolutely, absolutely fantastic bit anyway, he describes the extent of their hangovers, and it's so, it's so brilliant, it's so graphic, there's a bit where he wakes up in the morning, he looks out the hotel room, and he, he's, there's a horrendous place in sort of Texas, and there's just lawn, manicured lawn, for as far as you can see, and lying in the middle of this lawn is a body who he thinks of us, maybe it's somebody who's just, I don't know, who's expired. And then he realises it's Pete Thomas, the drummer, who's, who's just <laughs> collapsed on the lawn and slept there all night. She says, no, this, guy, this guy's built a pretty sturdy stuff. I imagine the old uh, ticker's still going, you know. And then suddenly a collection of gang mowers start up. <laughs> and they start mowing this lawn. And there's Bruce Thomas and Pete Thomas in the middle of it. Not a flicker, right? The mowers go right past him, <laughs> they're covering him with a huge, great tractor. Do they mow around him? Mow around, thank <laughs> God they mow around. It's a shredded drummer. I'm picturing All over the roses. I'm just picturing a kind of crime scene shape in the middle of the lawn. <laughs> you know, CSI Beverly Hills. With a pair of sticks. Star-shaped drummer. Yeah. That's right. And then uh, this is, he still hasn't woken up, and he says he sits there and he watches him for another five minutes, and then suddenly all the sprinklers come on. <laughs> this lawn has sprinklers that automatically kind of kick in at about nine o'clock in the morning. And again, a full five minutes passes well. <laughs> Pete Thomas lies underneath a hose that is just soaking him before he eventually shakes his head, gets up, you know. It's such a fantastically graphic idea of just how much these guys used to consume. It is brilliant, actually. It's well, super. One more rock book. Oh, go on, yeah, yeah, go on. Westsiders by 
on off. I was West Side, the official store. I, no, I, I, I West Siders. <laughs> yeah. Don't make that mistake, viewers. <laughs> West Siders by on off word contributor William Shaw, which is his story of going to live in Los Fantastic. Angeles yeah. and looking at the, 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 the kind of seething underbelly yeah. of the wannabe rap scene. Oh, yeah, you're... It's brilliant. He just, he just gets into the world of people who are trying to break into the rap game. Some of them are talented. Some of them are just clearly too much like nice guys to get anywhere in the business. William, who's a very nice English chap, is christened West Side by his, uh, his new, his new posse. Accompanied by an exactly recognised hand yes. gesture. Yeah. It's all about the hustle, isn't it? It's and all about the hustle think, and the managers. Everybody he meets thinks that he can get them yeah. a bit further up the food Absolutely. chain. Absolutely. And then there's this fantastic bit. Where, well, actually, no, I'm not going to give it away because there's no, it, you meet somebody that you really don't expect to meet, and it's just absolutely fantastic. <laughs> You're going to leave it there? Uh, yeah, I am going to leave it there because buy it. Buy Westlanders by Mike Shaw and you will love it. The other two, the, the one that I'd say is Head On as well, the Julian yes. Coe book, which is just uh, hilarious from start to finish. Yes. And I was just trying to remember um, the name. Is that of... the one where he talks about. He's written two books, hasn't he? Yeah. Head on. There's one, there's one, one where I've read one where he. Loops, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Doing acid on top of oh, the Oh, he stands on top of the grand piano on top of the pops. Thinking he's a lion. Thinking he's a. Yeah, crocodile. So it's absolutely extraordinary. Yes. And exactly what you wanted him to be like. It actually wasn't an act, was it, Julian? It breaks the the rule of, uh, which is that other people's drug experiences are usually incredibly boring and dull to read about. In this case, they're not. Really, really both funny and actually quite illuminating and quite interesting. Yeah. And then the other one is just very quick. Is a, a book called Elvis the Novel, which is a, a novel, as its name suggests. But it just takes the Elvis story and just twists it slightly for, for comic effect all the way through. And it's absolutely brilliant. I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote it, but um, it's his really. In funny. what? In, so in it's slightly, that, slightly fictionalised. Yeah, but it's something that, right, really from isn't. the very beginning, nobody can understand what Elvis is saying. He's just going to talk about it. <laughs> and everyone's just thinking, the boy isn't quite right. Why is he wearing eyeshadow? <laughs> oh, right that's the good. The, the boy ain't right. Yeah, the boy just definitely the ain't, right, ain't right all the way through. Oh, that's very. And it, is, and it is brilliant and, then, and the things like you know he, uh, he, he does actually kind of disappear to England for like six months when he's supposed to be in the army in fact he's in England for six months meeting with the having a great time with Thomas Steele yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> that's right so, Good yeah, it's well, well recommended a magazine a website a podcast The Word well look thank you very much for listening and uh, this on. is The Word podcast We've got a final answer, haven't we? We have. No, I want to plug, I want to plug the magazine. Okay, go on the new issue. Plug the magazine. I, I sometimes wonder, I mean, people listening to the podcast, which now just do all over the globe, I hope they're all aware that there is a print version of Word magazine mm-hmm. coming out of this little tiny office in Islington. And it's very good, isn't it, Matt <laughs> it's Andrew? It's exceeded. It's extraordinarily good. good. Very high quality, rather polished and accomplished publication. No need for any, other, any other monthly music magazine. No need at all. And Once if you, you look at our website, uh, www.wordmagazine.co.uk, you'll be able to get all the details. But on a final note, on a final note, well, on, on a I'm, jargon update I'm, note, I'm, yeah, I'm going to debut a possibly regular item called "Improve Your The Word Power," <laughs> uh, which you'll probably be never heard of again. Um, TM, uh, yeah, yeah. This, this one from uh, word contributor Joe Muggs, who's, who's discovered a fantastic word. Um, apparently, the kids in the bands, Do all the new kids in the new bands. Um, are these days referring to A&R men, the people who flit from gig to gig trying to sign up the groups. They're referring to them as blue faces. Do you know, do you know, now, do you know we why? know why this is. You've Matt, got to do, guess. You you know, I know the why they're called why blue, they call blue faces. Um, Sounds a bit racial, possibly racial against Smurfs. I don't know. But no, is it something to do with until you're blue in the face? No. no. It's nothing okay. to do with low temperature or anything like no. that. It is a brilliant... It's not to do with that, fan- that, that fantastic bit in the, the Hunter S. Thompson's Curse of Lono where the guy on the plane has a blue hand. 
It's not, but you've got to imagine, you're, you're, in, the, you're in the support group, right? You yeah. know, you're at the, wherever it is, the Camden Falcons, so you're looking out at the crowd. What is it about these guys that gets you to call them blue faces? This is A&R men. Are they all behind the mixing desk? You're getting, you're getting close. up the right tree, you're getting, getting warm, actually. What are they, it is, are they, oh, are they every, at the bar? No, no, they're not at the bar. Everybody else in the game is looking at you. Right. Everybody else is watching you play. Well, the A&R guys, yes, yes. <laughs> have got their mobiles and their blackberries out, and they're not really looking at you, their faces are lit up blue, so blue faces. Brilliant. There you go. The English language in it great. <laughs> so that's been the Word Podcast. Hooray! Hurrah. This podcast was brought to you by The Word. Details at wordmagazine.co.uk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.